the pastor's heart. Dominic Steele here in check-in, singing and the four square metre rule and COVID-19. My guests are Sydney Anglican Bishop Gary Koo, who heads the COVID-19 task force for the Sydney Anglican Church and two Australian IT wizards who are doing a great service for the Australian Church are from Openbox Technology, founder Nick Upper, and from the church management software company Fluro, Cade Enderbury. Uh, before we come to them, the pastor's heart, and we would appreciate your support in both getting the word out about the pastor's heart by liking us on social media, sharing us on social media, or letting a friend, a peer in ministry, a ministry leader know about us. Uh, but also, if you could help us out financially, uh, we have a vision to grow to better serve church leaders uh, as we engage in our common task of seeking the lost and building up the saints. Uh, but we do need to cover our costs and pay the little team that works on this to put the pastor's heart together. So actually, if you were able to help us out by going to patreon.com slash the pastor's heart and to sponsor us, but I don't know, ten, five dollars a month, then uh, that would be great. Now, Gary Koo, can we start with you and the pastor's heart? And um, what God has been doing on your heart as you've processed uh, really well, since Friday, um, this announcement from the Prime Minister about uh, moving from a stage three limit of 100 for churches to, well, whatever you like, but four square metres is king now. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, Dominic, but I found that things have moved very rapidly. Very, so, very rapidly. So, you know, I was working towards the changes that came on June the 13th, and yeah. I think the most significant thing was having 20 visitors in a household. Mm -hmm. that was a, that's a big change. But then by the Sunday, after I, you know, I absorbed what was happening uh, on, the, on the Saturday, it changed again. Mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously the Prime Minister said something about lifting the limit uh, from, from 100 to whatever you could fit in, in the four square metre rules. And well, I mean, then, for us, it's a significant change yeah, in terms of yeah. 100 on the site in yeah. total to, well, our auditorium on its own yeah. fits 100. That's yeah. right. So a big change then, and, and then our Premier said the same thing. So mm. July 1 is the date that she's given us. Yeah, and now, I mean, for a lot of churches, that means July the 5th, Sunday, July the 5th, is mm. going to be a significant change date for operations. Mm. Um, I'm imagining that you've been hearing feedback from a number of churches across the place, and some people are saying, right, we can go, yep. and some people are saying, we've still got problems. Yep. What's the, the vibe that you're getting? Yeah, like you, I think there's mixed reactions and it really comes down to the size of your church and the type of the church you have. So again, for small and medium-sized churches with, with significant buildings, this is a great opportunity just to move, to go back and to uh, move forward. But for some of our larger churches, especially those larger churches with a significant children's ministry, it's the children's ministry and the management of the children's ministry which is uh, in, in your traditional family service which is still problematic. Mm. Well, let's bring in some of our... I mean, we, we're going to talk to you guys with your IT hats on in a moment, but um, um, Kate Enbury down in uh, Melbourne, you're at Sindel Baptist. That's a big church. Um, how have you guys been placed um, through this whole season and, and what's the, the roadmap forward for your church, mate? Certainly. Um, yeah, so our church uh, uh, has resolved itself, had resolved itself to the fact that this, uh, particularly around March when we, when we kind of closed down, um, that it may be a season that reaches to the end of the year. So um, our church is basically planned to be live streaming until 2021. And I think we, we often have maybe something close to 1,500 
maybe even to 2,000 um, attending on a weekend um, with uh, a Mandarin, a Cantonese, a Vietnamese, a Korean and three English congregations uh, meeting on a weekend. And um, uh, as things have been changing, things have been changing pretty rapidly, uh, probably more rapidly than I think any of us really expected, um, which is a good thing. Um, our church, I think, will probably be getting some of the smaller congregations um, and restarting uh, in on-premises services. So our Cantonese and Mandarin congregations will probably start meeting. And then towards our larger congregations like the English services um, over the rest of the year, it'll probably be a bit of a... a uh, basically see what, see what happens week to week and, and make more decisions. But um, yeah, right now it's, it's live streaming mainly for us. Yeah. Mm. Nick, uh, you're at St Barnabas Broadway, yes. and what's the feel about the last weekend's announcements for your church? Uh, again, it's hard for me to say, but uh, we're excited to be moving towards uh, meeting together physically. Uh, we've been doing Zoom church, and that's been great, but uh, we're definitely very excited to be meeting together. Uh, but we still have, uh, I think, a real heart to make sure that those people who, for whatever reason, can't, uh, meet, uh, still make sure that uh, we're able to cater for them and bring them into the community well. Mm. Now, Gary, um, the larger churches of Sydney, um, really, with the four square metre rule, um, that they can't move anywhere. No, it's really difficult. You know, some of our larger churches might have, let's say, 450, 500 square metre uh, main halls, but at, you know, with, with, with social distance, you're talking about 120 people, whereas normally they'd have around 250 to 300 people. So again, it's very difficult. And the only option is to multiply the number of meetings. And you were telling me children's ministry yeah. is the big, big problem with the four square metre rule. Yeah, for two reasons. Again, having enough space for the children. And then the difficulty of running children's ministry, especially for younger children, with the requirement of social distancing. So what negotiation, what wriggle room have you got? Because I'm imagining you're getting ministers ringing up saying, come on, Gary, what's going on? Have yeah. you talked to them about this? What about this point? <laughs> yeah, I think, if, if, I can, if I can tell you uh, here just, the pastor's heart... Just, just you have, and me. We, yeah, yeah just, <laughs> just for you and me. We have, we have spoken to the government about this issue, and I think for them it's, it's a bit of a wait-and-see policy. They are concerned about uh, churches as being uh, sources of infection, but as the number of infections in the community goes down and the risk goes down, I, I wonder if we're going to see a move on that. Mm -hmm. Now, just we'll just do singing for a minute. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, really last weekend or maybe the weekend before was the first big weekend of mm. church mm. since the singing announcements mm. have came, come out. And, and so, I mean, uh, we had groups of people meeting in f groups of 50 around yeah. the country, but instructions about no singing... Although I did notice Premier Berejiklian in her statement yesterday said nightclubs to open on yeah. the 1st of August. Yeah. Well, you can't have a mosh pit in the nightclub and no singing in church. Do you... Yeah, I, I think, again, that's just an indication of where they're heading. So I was in a meeting last Wednesday and there was an indication that they would review things and they were aware that singing was important for faith communities and that they would uh, be mindful of that. So you would expect an announcement on that before the 1st of August, I'm imagining? Oh, I'm not going to predict anything, Dominic, but I know that they're I mean, thinking about it. It must be, though, mustn't it? I, mean, I, if, I think so. I, think I mean, so. If, if, they're, if they're talking about having a nightclub, they can't be saying no singing. I don't know. I don't know, but it makes sense to me what you're saying. Right. OK. Um, one of the things from the Prime Minister 
on uh, Friday was um, how they were going to open up events for quite large numbers as long as there was seated ticketing you know, and uh, clear indication of who was coming to those mm. events. Mm. Um, now, that's got implications for ticketing, check-in and number of people and who's on site yeah. for the church, not yeah. just the co corporate yeah. venue, but yeah. the church. Yeah. Now, um, well, let's start with you, Kate, because you created a software company, Fluro, um, to serve the Australian church or serve churches um, to help people with ch check-ins, ticketing and that kind of thing. Um, uh, what's your thinking been about this and how have you been working to respond uh, to the need of the church in this hour? Primarily before coronavirus, um, the, the main reason for doing check-in for a lot of churches was out of compliance for child safety, checking in kids into programs and um, just making sure that, uh, you know, the code of conduct was up to scratch, uh, particularly after the Royal Commission. Um, but now after coronavirus, um, it's, it's become about checking in everybody, um, keeping track of um, who was there just in case there was an outbreak or uh, you needed to contact people who were there to let them know they may need to go get checked. Um, yeah, just basically to be, be able to better care for people. And before coronavirus, there were a number of churches who were tracking individuals, um, checking them in, um, printing name tags, things like that, um, which is really helpful for pastoral care because then you can um, see those key indicators, which attendance has been one of those at a church, as to how someone's going in their, in their walk with God, in their daily life. Um, if someone has disappeared or, or hasn't rocked up, um, it does help you to... Hopefully it's not the only, the only way you notice that they're not there, but uh, it does help you to um, pick up on indicators where someone might need a, a friendly phone call or um, someone to, to catch up with them and follow up and see how they're going. So um, there were churches that were doing it before, but I think now with the coronavirus um, and us opening churches, now that it's, it's somewhat government mandated that we do it, um, I think there'll be quite a lot of churches that uh, give it a go and actually... Um, can understand the benefits for pastoral care. Yeah, yeah. Um, before, I mean, for our church, before we moved to um, to use Fluro, we were using Elvanto, and uh, I mean, we found their check-in system it was would have been fine for the kids' ministry, but in terms of the adult ministry, it was um, far too many relational speed bumps for us to consider using it uh, in the front foyer of the church and. That was where we got to know you, Nick, um, an open box. And uh, you, I mean, we'll, we'll take us, tell us your journey of check-ins. Take us back to two or three years ago and how did you get involved in this space? Yeah, so uh, I think my church was at, at Barney's were uh, investigating a similar kind of uh, issue that uh, you outlined there uh, for Village Church. Uh, so we uh, started developing a system um, and realised uh, pretty quickly that this would be a great system for many churches, uh, something that was really, really simple and easy for uh, members to check in and grab a name tag uh, before church. Uh, so it really uh, centred around that uh, and developed from that. And there's a lot of uh, technical issues, which I won't go into, in making that system uh, stable and reliable and easy. Uh, but when we developed it, uh, we discovered that it was uh, a, a wonderful opportunity for the church to be very welcoming and uh, know who's on site, uh, who has attended, 
uh, and then create more follow-up opportunities both for the existing members of the church but also for the newcomers. Mm. Uh, we discovered that we were able to capture more uh, information from people. People were more, were more willing to give uh, their contact details. Uh, and so that created more They're opportunities. They're much more willing to give contact much details more than willing. I expected. To Absolutely. Yeah. I think people are much more used to uh, digital means of handing over information than uh, cards or contact cards, uh, which was the pre previous form that we were doing. So people are much more willing to give that over. Um, and it uh, doesn't mean that you uh, immediately have uh, lots of ministry opportunities, but it means you've got an opportunity to really uh, connect with people. Well, I mean, we worked out, for example, in our context that... Um, uh, we were getting, on average, 10 first-time guests a week, and that's been our number for the last three years. You know, whereas if I'd had to guess the number, I would have said three or four. You know, and so it was a radical change in how we thought about newcomers. Um, I mean, I was so grateful to you three or four years ago, Nick. When um, I mean, just the idea of when somebody comes in to type in their name. Dominic Steele, not Steele, comma Dominic. Do you know? Because that was how the Alvanto system was. Whereas it was just so much more relationally friendly. Now, um, it's a different world, though, uh, when we come to COVID and check-in, because we don't just want to be using the same uh, laptop as everybody else or the same iPad as everybody else. How have you? What thought have you put uh, into check-ins, Nick? Um, oh, sorry. Okay. Well, what thought have you put into check-ins, Cade, um, in this new post-COVID season? What, what's the innovations you've been working on the last couple of weeks? Right, so uh, a lot of the philosophies around the way that we've built our software is to, to try and cut down on repeating yourself. And um, we developed a couple of years ago a, a ticketing system. So there's many churches in Melbourne, um, as I'm sure there are in Sydney and other areas of the world that run conferences and large events. And a lot of the time, these events can become quite complex. So, uh, you know, you might have a, a weekend conference with a sub-youth conference and maybe a kids' conference. And, you know, you need to ask all of these different details about which electives people are going to, all of that kind of stuff. And um, just making the whole ticketing process easy. And I suppose with the COVID-19, um, we saw, well, really what needs to be done is churches need to start working like a ticketed um, event, um, at least in this period. So but, and that's going to be than, super necessary for some churches for the immediate future. Yeah, yeah, specifically around uh, the main need being to keep under those, those limits of uh, how many people you can have. So if your auditorium is, you know, uh, 400 square metres, then you can have 100 people. Um, you don't want to be turning people away at the door. Um, you want to be able to know that uh, ahead of time, whether they should get their family all dressed and ready and, and off to the church service, whether there's going to be a spot for them or whether they should tune into the live stream and just be able to cater for that whole experience a lot better for someone, especially new people coming to visit the church. Um, so the, the ticketing stuff that we did um, actually lends itself quite well to the needs now. Um, we just had to simplify it a little bit. So instead of... Um, instead of uh, having to set up all of the payment options and ticketing and all that kind of stuff, we really just needed a way for people to say, here's my details, I, I'd like to come, and the ticket number to go decrease the available tickets so that people could book seats. And then after they do that, they get an email um, just saying, thanks for registering, here's a QR code um, on their phone, 
And then for volunteers on the Sunday morning when a person um, actually arrives at the church, they can arrive with their family, two or three kids, uh, just hold their phone up. And your volunteers don't need any extra app or anything. They can just point the camera on their smartphone at the QR code, or they can just search for the name if, if the person hasn't brought the QR code or, or doesn't have a, a ticket printed out. Um, and literally just check in all of the family members. So it's a really simple process, takes less than a few seconds. Um, and there's no actual contact happening. It's just a, a kind of like a tap and pay. You scan your, scan your phone and you're in. And what that does also is, um, I think at your church, uh, you print the name tags as well, which mm-hmm. is great for creating community when people are actually at the service. Because um, I look at you and I think, I know that guy, but I just can't remember his name. Yeah. But when you've got a name tag on, I feel safe to go and talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, it is helpful and it obviously breaks down barriers for creating real connections, which really, at the end of the day, um, you know, we do great sermons and, and great church services, but um, we really are, you know, a group of people. We're trying to create better connections and relationships with each other so, and with God. So, um, so every barrier that you can break down there, the better. Now, Nick, how different or is it the similar pro- pro- product what yours been working on with Openbox. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Ours is, uh, we, we already had the printing and the uh, check-in facilities, uh, so we've basically gone down exactly the same route as Cade uh, and created a registration form uh, for church uh, where uh, the congregational member will register for church using the, the simple form. Uh, they will then receive an email uh, saying you have registered for this service at this time uh, and it's got a QR code where you scan that in uh, in exactly the same way as Cade has just outlined. Uh, it'll print you a name tag uh, if that's the way your church is set up to do. Uh, otherwise, it's just a straight-up check-in, um, and that logs you as checked into the system uh, as well as uh, for the church to log attendance. Now, as I was talking to you guys, I think I worked out... I mean, the key difference really is in terms of the user experience, it sounds very similar, but... Um, uh, Fluoro is, is, of course, a standalone church management system database and so much more, whereas the um, Administor program that you've developed uh, is is a standalone entry point of church. You know, um, and so at one level, it's been. I mean, you started off designed to plug in to Alvanto because you were frustrated with Alvanto's poor check-in performance. But you've actually moved it to be a little bit more kind of separate as well in this new incarnation, Nick. Do you want Absolutely. To... So, yeah, the, uh, we've designed specifically uh, for this new contactless check-in uh, ability that we've uh, just designed. Uh, uh, the ability for it to export uh, with a simple file that you can import into any other platform. Um, or if you don't even have a, a, a management system, you've now got a, a file with a spreadsheet with all the, the names that you can keep on file. Mm. Um, so it really has the ability to uh, plug into any platform um, and we're definitely very open to working with other platforms as well. Um, and we can, yeah, we can open that up. It's a real easy system to do that. Mm. Just to note, I would have been very happy to have invited an Orvanto rep to be on the couch with us uh, now. Um, uh, I was really quite surprised and disappointed to read a discussion in the Alvanto Users Forum where uh, they were asked would they provide something to help what is a legislated requirement of the Australian government at the moment for churches and uh, the response from the support personnel was no. Um, and so I think 
really very disappointing. Um, and we're really grateful um, as Australian church leaders to the work that Cade and Nick have done in uh, facilitating uh, what is absolutely going to be necessary. Uh, I think what well, is legislatively necessary in Australia, but for people engaging with us around the world, I think it's actually pastorally not just an important thing to do in the COVID season, but a sensible thing to do as you work forward. I mean, you would agree with that, Gary? Yeah, abs yeah. Absolutely. Getting, you know, pastorally, as people have uh, said already, but even from a planning stage, having good data is so helpful for planning how we use our buildings, planning for the future, thinking through the impact we have on our community. Mm. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, thanks very much for coming in and talking to us this afternoon. Uh, Nick Upper, um, founder and uh, creator of Openbox and Adminosaur. Um, Cade Enderbury, founder and creator of Fluro. And uh, we can't say founder and creator <laughs> to you, Gary. I'm a founder, creator, anything. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Koo, who is the uh, chair of the COVID task force for the Sydney Anglican Church and uh, the Bishop of Western Sydney. You've been with us on The Pastor's Heart and we'll look forward to your company next week. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.